Hey everyone, welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. I'm your co-host Tim Chelsvik, along with Mr. Matt Drury. What's up, man? It's deer season finally. It is finally. Oh, well, wait. we should we should pull back a little bit because it's not deer season for everybody not just everyone. yet. We're the fortunate few. Yeah. By the time this air, I don't know, is this going up tomorrow or next week? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So it'll be a couple more days until some of the other states open up October first. I know everybody's got it on their mind though. That's the good thing. It's huge. Well, and so you've been out a little bit already. Yeah. This past weekend was pretty cool. Got to. Uh, uh, the, the the conditions lined up just right. We had a huge cold front come through in uh, the Midwest, and temperatures dropped 15, 20 degrees. Uh, so I decided, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity. It was the weekend. Let's get Cam. I got him a bunch of mossy oak camo. He got the lacrosse <laughs> boots. He was. I had the iPad and the snacks. That's an adventure <laughs> in itself. And so we decided to take my four-year-old out on his very first hunt. So it was something that I'll cherish for, for a long, long time. It was a very, very special trip for me. Do you think Cam wants to go back after this experience? I think he wants to go back to the farm. I don't know that he wants to go back and sit in a box blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I felt like we kind of tortured him on mm -hmm. Friday because it was still, even though the temperatures dropped 20 degrees, hell, it was still in the 70s. It was pretty It was pretty warm inside sure. that muddy bull blind. We had the windows closed and everything, the heat, the sun kind of Bakes you in. Yeah, bakes yeah. you in. And so he was a little restless on Friday, mm -hmm. up and down. And, and, you know, I would try to open the window, you know, the window the most that I could when deer weren't on the field. But shoot, we saw, I don't know, probably. 10, 15 deer that night, and we had a, four, a nice four-year-old eight-pointer come on the field and put on a great show, and so he got to watch all of all of that action. Uh, so that that was cool. And then, of course, Saturday was you know Saturday all day. You know, we didn't hunt the morning, so mm -hmm. leading up to the evening hunt. We had an opportunity to go on the tractor and, yeah. and go on the Can Am and the full he, farm experience. Exactly, he got real dirty <laughs> in the rock piles. It was awesome, you know. Living in the suburbs, he just doesn't get those kind of yeah. opportunities. And I want to make sure he doesn't grow up a you know a city kid. To be honest with you, I want him sure. to have these experiences that I had growing up in the country, and that you know most of us have had growing up. So um, it's going to be a fine balance as he grows to make sure that he gets a little bit of country life, and mm -hmm. he absolutely absolutely loved it. I mean, cool. he was talking to my wife, you know, over and over the stories. It was great to kind of see what sunk in. He's only four, you know, and the thing that sunk in the most with him, dad killed a doe Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, you know, mm -hmm. and he got to see it hanging. And yeah. he said that he saw the insides of a deer. He kept telling mom he saw the insides of a deer. So that's <laughs> his badge of honor. It, yeah. And it didn't freak him out or anything. He was very curious. He was, he was just wondering all about it. So I tried to teach him a little bit about why we shot the deer. Year, what what we do with it that we eat it that we it provides meals for us right. that it's like cows and chickens and turkeys you know like it's not something different than all those other food sources that mm -hmm. we have so he said that he probably wouldn't eat deer but if i killed a turkey he would eat that because he likes turkey so, <laughs> so he's drawing some interesting it, distinctions it, yeah he's already thought it through i told him i said bud you already had deer before you eat deer sticks and it, you could see the wheels turning okay, so maybe uh, yeah so on that one a little bit. it was cool saturday night we came so close to shooting a, a nice four-year-old uh probably a 
I don't know. He was a 10. Mainframe 10 with some junk on him. Okay. Real beautiful deer. He just didn't come the last 20 yards we needed him mm. to come. And that was really cool. It was uh, it was pretty neat to experience that with Cameron. So awesome. it was a good weekend. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. You got out too. Yeah. Yeah. I was out uh, Saturday morning and um, had a doe come. The, the, the place I was hunting is very thick. And so by the time I saw this doe, she's like 40 yards out. So I'm self-filming. Reach around to get the camera arm set up to where I think she's going to come. She came within 10 yards and absolutely smoked her. In fact, I found part of her lung on the trail. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty graphic. And um, so she piled up maybe 20, 30 yards awesome. down the way, brought it back home. And so my son, and my, my daughter's almost seven. She's seen deer come home. It's not a big deal to her. She likes to see it, but it's not a big deal. My son is almost two years old and he was standing there. So my wife had gone, she took my daughter to a thing and so it was just my son and I. So I'm trying to process this deer in my backyard with my almost two-year-old son running around. No problem. <laughs> right. like, I'll run in the street. I'll run in the garage and play in the chemicals. Like everything he did Dad, was, give me a knife. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he reached for my knife that was on the, the, the bed of my truck. Uh, but when I when I pulled all the offal out of the, the, the dough, he starts pointing at the intestines. He's like, ooh, snakes, snakes. It's <laughs> like, those aren't snakes, buddy. But I could, you know, yeah. but that's how he was conceptualized. So it was just fascinating to see him uh, take all that in and process yeah. that for the first time. It's cool. Being a dad's the best, man. It's best, awesome. Best adventure I've been on and so man, far. It is tiring. It is exhausting. <laughs> Somebody asked me if I was going to bring Cam back. I said I would bring him back to the farm with my wife so he could stay back at the farm while I hunt. I said I wanted to see how he would do, and he did good. He did mm -hmm. well, but I mean, I had to bring out the iPad and we don't really do that much around our house. I try it's to make sure he's not I, you know, I illiterate yeah, zombie <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. the that, electronics. And so he got a lot more screen time than he usually gets and so I had to kind of go through detox, detox on Sunday and I thought, you know what, I, I'm torturing the kids, making him try to sit still and be quiet for that long. So I'm good. He, I would love for him to come back to the farm. Probably not in the blind with me mm -hmm. unless I had to take him yeah. until next year and we'll reintroduce him and I'll just keep kind of baby step it along so it was cool the, but it, it was a great weekend <laughs> you and i are always trying to figure out how to maximize our time yeah yeah i mean ultimately it was more about me uh trying to like kind of like ease the the pain of the season to my wife and say yeah i'll bring cameron with me no problem because it's gonna be a long year <laughs> yes yeah my wife does not look forward to deer season yeah i think that's most people's wives mm -hmm. so yep yeah but but we're talking today about time and how to best use it and yeah a special guest it's gonna help us do that yeah so the special guest today this is awesome because i can't think of someone that i've kind of encountered in the, the 15 years that i've been here at jury outdoors that personifies big buck killer better than Ben Rising. And that's who we have today with us on Skype. Ben Rising, he came uh, up through the ranks here at Jury Outdoors. I think 2001, he, he hit the scene with uh, like a 184-inch nine-pointer. I mean, just giant, giant deer. And he never looked back from there. Ben has always been known uh, for getting on. And if, if, if a deer was there, he knew how to get on them and ultimately, you know, succeed mm -hmm. and, and and you know, getting that whitetail. So, uh, Ben, without further ado, I want to say thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's like being back home again. That's right. So, Ben Ben moved on a couple years ago to start his own uh, online online TV show called The Whitetail Edge. And, Ben, where can you find that show? Where all can you watch an episode of that? Um, we air on a few different platforms right now. We, You know, obviously our own uh, website, whitetailedge.com. You can 
go there and find all the all the shows we've done right there, um, which they take you to YouTube. Um, but we're on Carbon TV. We're on the Hunt Channel. Um, we do some stuff on Vimeo here and there. Uh, we're probably going to be doing some later stuff here coming up. So um, we got some other things cooking right now that could be good for people to catch us in other spots. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you joining us. I think, um, you know, today, the, the before we get into the question of the day, just kind of looking back through your your hunting career, what are some of the most special moments that, that you can think of or, or reflect back on? Because you've been doing this a long time. Boy, I'll tell you, that's uh, that could take – a long campfire right there, <laughs> all that. But, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of special, I mean, obviously your first deer, you know, then each one of your kids, you know, when they kill their first deer, you know, those are special moments. Uh, but, you know, I guess for me, you know, some of the, the special moments obviously would be like killing my first booner, mm. you know, which is actually how I broke the scene onto Drury's, you know, um, which is a cool story because Mark had, had seen me at a turkey convention and we were talking and I was just showing him some pictures of deer that I'd had in the past. And I was a big fan of, you know, the jury videos and stuff back in the day when we had VCR tapes, you know, and like King of the Spring and, you know, the hammer time for muzzleloaders. And then you had Steve Stoltz and Jay and Don and all them guys were just young bucks and Mark and Terry still hunting, you know, 120 inch deer in Missouri and thinking it was awesome when we were killing them, which it is. Those are the good old days, yeah. you know, but Mark was just like, Hey man, you know, those are good deer you're killing in Ohio. He's like, why don't you get a camera and see what you guys can do? And he goes, then maybe we'll consider, you know, bringing you guys on. And so that first year, you know, I got on this real big deer patterned him that summer and I was able to harvest him on the 23rd of October and then uh, within, which he scored 184 inches as a nine point, which was, you know, a really big deer, my biggest, obviously, at the time. And then about two weeks later, we got my wife on 150 inch deer with a kind of a drop time. So we kind of broke the scene in a big way. And I sent all this stuff to Mark and he's like, well, I guess you're in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? It's you're in. Done deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, 184, I'll seal it. <laughs> wow. But it. You know, like you said, we've never looked back and, you know, I owe a lot to the Drury family. You know, I mean, there's just no doubt about it. I mean, I, I knew how to deer hunt, but I've learned a lot from Mark and learned a lot from my dad, you know, as far as animal habits and just, you know, trapping and stuff. But, um, you know, just getting my name out there and the, you know, Drury's gave me the platform to be who I am in the deer world. There's no doubt about that. So, well, you took the ball and ran with it and, and, uh, it's been nice to see just kind of the evolution. Cause you, like you said, you, you, you had the knowledge base to, to kill big deer, but doing it on camera and, and, and that takes it kind of to a whole nother level. And then to be able to spread and share the tips and the know-how and the knowledge. I mean, obviously that's kind of what our company is known for and, and you've taken it and ran with it there with whitetail edge as well so it's been cool to see the evolution for sure yeah and i mean it's not a it's and the hard thing is is when there's when when you're guys like we are you know and i and i say that in a sense of like anybody that's spawned from jury or we're all very deer technical you know and so it's hard for me it was hard for me to get away from that and 
but yet to try to do a show that didn't exactly copy everything that we always did for juries because I didn't want to do that. Um, so we tried to do a little different, you know, shorter type stuff, but yet still good tips that people can take. But, you know, obviously nobody's going to be able to, I feel in my mind, to be able to put that information in a package like you all can, like with the DeerCast app and different things, and, and be able to present that to the public to where they can truly understand it in a great way. I mean, Mark and Terry are very good at that. The jury, you know, the whole jury team is very good at, at promoting that. And that's where you guys shine. And, you know, we do try to provide some info and some good tips that we think are very important, but we don't just beat it in the ground because, Again, you know, you don't want to be just like every show or mm. other shows. And, you know, so you try to find your own niche and it's hard to do. You know, this this whole digital world is kind of new to a lot of people and trying to find our way is uh, it's definitely been a learning experience. Yeah, for, for, sure. for all of us. <laughs> so the, the October, uh, you know, the 184 in October is kind of a good segue, don't you think? Yeah. So uh, so, you know, we talked about having time to hunt and some of us. That can't be very selective about when we hunt. We just hunt when we can. So that kind of cues us up for our question of the day. Yeah, so the question of the day is brought to you by the Lacrosse Alpha Burley Pro. Tread lightly, hunt confidently. Hey, guys, this is Joe. I'm going to be hunting up in Michigan here this fall, and my question is regarding hunting the morning in early October. Because of work, for the first two weeks in October, I'll only be able to hunt mornings. And I know in the past you guys have stated that you don't typically like to hunt the mornings especially in early October, but because this is the only time I can hunt, my question is if you guys have any advice um, on hunting the mornings in October, whether it's setting up closer to the bedding area or maybe in just the food source trying to get a couple of the um, deer that are going back to bed late and still eating. Any advice you guys could give me on this, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think Joe's situation is, is a lot like most folks that that they hunt when they can. I think yeah, your average guy out there, you you killed that doe in a morning hunt the other day. I, uh, I had to be back by ten o'clock because my wife and daughter were going off to do yeah. something else. I didn't have time to you know spend the whole time. So Ben, what are your thoughts here? Because I know personally, I I mean I there we do not hunt very often in the mornings in early October. Mark successfully did with Bucktober, um, or was it Danger? I'm trying to think back now. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Well, anyways, it, but it's very rare. Usually it doesn't do it. So what are your thoughts here? Well, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. Very like early, early October. I hardly ever hunt in the mornings unless I have one absolutely pegged that that's his pattern and I have a good access to it. Um, and I'm not sure if this fella that's asking the question is truly hunting mature deer. If he's just deer hunting, you know, um, if he's just trying to, you know, enjoy the sport and kill a doe or any kind of a deer, you know, that can change the game a little bit too on, um, what you can get away with and how you can hunt those mornings in October for sure. Well, Ben, could, uh, could you maybe break that down then into kind of two paths? Let's say just, he's looking to put a, a deer down versus a mature buck. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think, you know, with a mature deer, you know, a lot, most of the people access, their farms or where they hunt, you know, through fields or edges or wherever. And typically the deer feeding in the fields in the mornings, you know, still at that through the night or whatever, they start making their way back, you know, into the timber and back to bed, uh, off the fields, you know, as daylight's approaching, but 
you know, if you pull in and you're walking through the field to get back to the woods, typically you're going to run all the deer off. Well, you can get away with doing some stuff like that more so with immature deer and some does. And they just, you know, they're, they're just less freaked out by that, you know, and then sometimes you can get back in your stand and you're fine. And a little while later, deer start making their way through, but typically a mature buck, he's not going to fall for that or, you know, he's going to take a different route that day and just kind of chill. It ain't going to necessarily push him off the farm, but he's just not going to do what you maybe expected him to do if you're making your presence real known. So I, you know, when it comes to a mature deer like that, I think you have to have that backdoor approach, say onto an acorn flat or something that he may hit on his way back to bed or a fruit tree that he may be hitting still in October. Um, you know, persimmons, you know, any kind of just depends on what's growing in your area and what deer might be like. Or it could even be a water hole or a little pond or something that's tucked in the timber that he might get a drink before he goes back and lays down for a few hours, you know. Uh, but you need to have that access coming in from a different angle. So you're, you're the deer heading towards you as you're heading in, not you're walking with them and bumping them all off before they even get to you. Yeah. And you bring up a good point about just the, the, the seasonality of where you're hunting. Cause I know in early October around kind of the, the East central Missouri area where I do most of my hunting, the acorns, especially the white acorns are still dropping pretty heavily. So they're pretty easily found. Joe's going to be hunting in Michigan. So I'm, I'm not sure kind of what the mass looks like at that in early October up there, but that's going to probably play into what he keys in on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from what I'm understanding and the information we're getting from our fan base too, is that it's raining acorns almost everywhere this year. Um, so that really changes the deer, you know, I mean, it really takes them, um, and, and puts them, you know, they almost literally don't have to move if they don't want to. Yeah. It shrinks their travel corridor up majorly. Yeah. Big time. I mean, especially a big fat, lazy buck. You know, I mean, because they are, they're just, they're a giant goat with horns and they're lazy <laughs> and they think of three things, you know, <laughs> food, sex, and, you know, survival pretty much. I like that. I'm going to, that's the quote that we're going to promote this with. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, I'm going to make a t-shirt. Out well, of it. It be what you would put in your backpack, Matt, when you were 20. <laughs> hey, hey, let's not go back there. <laughs> Uh, I'm married now, Ben. <laughs> so, so Ben, when when you think about a, approaching a stand in the morning, early October, would you want to go in earlier than normal to give kind of the area around it time to settle down? Like, how would your approach vary as opposed to another time of year? Well, I guess if I was going to hunt closer to a bedding area, like I was saying, trying to get the dupe on one coming back. I definitely would get in there a little earlier than typical because, you know, things can go wrong. You need to get set up. You need to let things settle down. You know, Mother Nature has its own natural ways of alerting other animals that things are up, you know. And, I mean, you may bump other deer already on that acorn flat. They may run through, you know. You may – it's just hard to say, you know. I mean, it, so I always just try to be a little bit earlier if I'm going to hunt the timber in the dark and be in there. And I try to get in there and get set up. Um, but also, you know, you can use your, your recon work with your cameras to tell you that too. Like if deer like to hit certain oak flats at certain times, or if they, if they tend to go back to bed early through there or later, that's where I think, you know, a guy like this fella really needs to be doing his homework 
knowing that he's only got two weeks and he's and he's got to hunt early October in the mornings only, that's where the homework comes into play, and he should be doing that now so he he knows what his deer are doing and where they're kind of hanging out. And that can really help give you the advantage on how to set up. Well, and realistically, what his cameras, if he had them out last year, what he, what they were showing him last year, that historic movement, it doesn't really change, you know? So if you have, if they have a certain pattern during the early season last year, the year before, by and large, it's pretty similar this year as well. So utilizing that it's MRI, but really it's old. It's, it's ORI old. (laughs) You just came up with a new term. Yeah. I know. I think I screwed it up, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't even work at all. (laughs) Old recent information. It's a contradiction in terms. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's, you know, you need to use that base of knowledge from the past to incorporate. Yeah, crops can change, you know, rotations, things like that. But in general, deer like to bed in the same areas. The oak trees never move unless they're logged. So, you know, just depending on what, and that's where a guy needs to do his homework to find out because not every oak tree hits every year. Not every oak flat will have acorns, you know, um, even this year, that's raining acorns here in Ohio. I have found patches that don't have any, Hmm. so not every tree hits all the time. You know, one of the times I get the most irritated is when I'm going to the stand and I make a clunking sound on, you know, dropping something or just making too much noise. It's like when I'm walking through, I want to be as stealthy as possible. And I, and I think about, I'm, I'm always curious. So, so Ben and Matt, I'm curious how you guys approach. If you're going to hunt in the morning, if you use a headlamp, do you use a red light? Do you just go in with natural, you know, with your natural eyesight in the in the in the early morning? De- depends because if it's the dark of the moon, which we're going to come up on here, you know, soon, and it it's impossible to see where you're going, even if you know the area really really well. I, you know, I you try not to, but it, it, sometimes it's tougher than than others. I don't know, Ben. What do you think? I agree. I mean, I, if I can at all not use a light, I don't. You know. Um, but if I do use one, I never use a bright white light. I'll use like a green or a blue or a red, Yeah, you know, sure. um, like a predator light, calling light, um, just something to kind of keep the dim. And I really only use it enough to kind of get me where I need to go. Flash, flash, flash as you go 10 yards, yeah, flash it. I try to be quiet as much as I can. But, you know, sometimes I've found that, you know, almost acting like it's that little stick that cracks here or there is what freaks deer out. Cause then they don't really know hmm. for sure. They don't know a hundred percent what you are or where you're at. And, and I don't necessarily mean going into hunt, but like, say you're going into hang a stand in a new spot, you know, like say, say this guy that called in has got to go tomorrow and hang a stand on this Oak flat. I honestly think he's better off to go in there. Like he's just some hiker making all kinds of noise, not too worried about it, hang a stand and get out of there. I think it's that sneaking around, that little tick mm-hmm. here and there that, that, that really kind of makes deer nervous. You know, they're used to hearing people anywhere in the Midwest. They're used to hearing noises, farmers. And I think, you know, the less dangerous you sound on something like that on a setup, I think the less worried the deer are about it. But when it comes time to hunt, I think you need to be stealthy getting in there. I think they can tell between predator mode and just human out Doing so you, you do. want to sound like a cow walking through the, the woods <laughs> when you're going ahead and stand. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll whistle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're that guy. <laughs> Actually, I'll be honest with you. 
like one of my tactics of leaving a farm at night, like if I've got a field that's absolutely loaded with deer and, you know, a lot of times I'll coyote howl or something like that, try to get them to move out if that's my only way out. Mm-hmm. If that, you know, sometimes that'll clear them or I'll squall like a coon or whatever in a tree to get deer move off a plot. Um, but sometimes, man, I've literally just started talking to my camera guy like we were in a restaurant. And it <laughs> blows my mind at how deer will just stand there. It's like, crazy. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, where did they come from? How, how did those people get over here? And they just stand there to wait and see. And we don't normally do that till we start walking out. And I mean, I'm not kidding you. I've had mature deer in the dark that we could see through the silhouette just stand there and watch us leave. <laughs> Never run. You, your kind don't belong here. <laughs> I was going to ask you that before you, you just answered it, but you don't do that in the stand because you don't want to give away your position. So you're doing it walking away. No. Yeah. Yeah. You get out as quiet as you can, but you know that if you know there's still deer in that field or the possibility of it, again, the less threatening you sound, I think the less threatened the deer feel. Sure. My I mind, mean, my whole mind was about to be blown there by, yeah, like, I, I, like I, mean, I am doing this wrong. I'm sitting in the tree stand, just, just like it's dark. And then all of a sudden you start, uh, we're done. <laughs> Game over. Let's get down. I've wanted to do that a lot of times. Like every single time I've ever hunted this lease I'm on, I wanted to just say, all right, done. <laughs> let's get that. H-E double L out of here. <laughs> well, yeah. so I, I, I'm wondering if there's if there's a point of diminishing returns for staying in the stand in early October in the morning. So I think the the risk far outweighs the reward. That's yeah. So yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, this guy's in a tough spot. Like if that's his only chance he's got to hunt. I mean, obviously we know that especially if it's hot, man, the deer are back to bed early in October like that, you know? Um, but I think truthfully, some of his best chances may be mid morning in October like that. So he may be able to just sleep in, slide into that Oak flat and catch that deer that got up out of bed after two and a half hours of being on his belly for a little bit, gets up, maybe grabs a snack and goes back to, you know, I get a lot of mid-morning pictures, even in early October, it seems like, especially if you get just a little bit of a weather change. The the one thing with DeerCast that I've kind of been, it's been eye-opening to an extent, is how often it says great in the mornings based on, like, the conditions that Mark and Terry kind of state that, hey, this should make a deer move. A lot of times, not a lot, but a decent amount so far in the early season – in the mornings, it's been a great forecast. And, you know, we always kind of predicate that with time of day, early season. Sure. Generally speaking, they will not hunt, you know, in the mornings. But it doesn't mean that the deer aren't up on their feet and moving, to your point. Yeah. Now, whether a mature buck is doing it is a whole nother story. Like you said, you might have to be there in their bedroom to, to capitalize on something like that. But uh, they're, they're moving more than you know, I had previously given them credit for because I had always just heard from Mark and Dad, like, eh, they're not moving in the mornings. We don't hunt in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, one of the things that we only know what we sample. So if we're only ever out in the evenings, which was kind of my mindset for yeah. the longest time, well, that's when I see the most deer. Well, that's all, Tim, that's also when you hunt the most. Yeah. Now, looking at your pictures, though, it kind of s- says the rest of the story. A lot of times I'm not getting any daylight 
activity of mature bucks in that time of year, but in the morning and stuff like that. But I am getting a lot of does. So, you know, Ben, are they just the mature bucks? Are they just getting back to bed earlier in the early season? Well, I think a lot of times they are. They're just a little different animal. You know, I mean, they tend to to move back, I feel, a little earlier to their bedding areas or to where they want to be. But I also think, too, that, you know, it's like you said, I mean, they still get up, they stretch, they get a drink, they'll get a snack. They're just like us. I mean, they don't lay on their bellies eight hours, nine, ten hours a day till it gets dark again and start moving. You know, they're just, they got to stretch, they got to move. And I think if you're in that area, if you were able to get into that roundhouse or where that deer wants to do that, man, you stand a really good chance of actually seeing a big deer. Um, and there is, there's a lot of perfect moon times and different, you know, patterns that make deer move in the mornings like that, that a guy could take advantage of. It has been so ingrained in all of us that we just don't hunt the mornings, be you know, early season. But I love to hunt mornings come, you know, October 26th, 27th. Sure. <laughs> Starting then, I'd rather I'd I'd love to have morning hunts. I just love hunting the rut in the mornings. I just do. Realistically, the, you know, the moon was just full. Was it yesterday or the day uh, Monday? I'm trying to think. It was just still full. So so realistically, the next five days or so, the mornings might be the best your best yeah. chance here. If that, if he's saying he's got to hunt here in October, the hopefully this podcast goes up soon enough. But it it may be his best opportunity here in the next few days. Yeah. And, and, the, and the reality is I think he'll just be out regardless. Yeah. And yeah. So, so he's, he's also kind of wondering like, do I, can I be hopeful? Is, is, it, yeah. is, is this just a waste of time? Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's, he sees some, some deer. So Ben, would you kind of give it, is there anything we haven't covered here as far as hunting in October, especially the early season, or are we kind of, you know, hitting on all, all the, the major portions here that right. we need to hit on? One thing is, is he just really got to make sure that his scent is covered. You know, he's got to be, he's got to be on his A game this time of year with his scent, you know, making sure that he's, especially if he has to hunt the same area multiple times in that two weeks, he really has to be stealthy about it mm -hmm. as clean as he can be, um, you know, because he, he has to hunt it, you know, as much as he can. So if that's the case, I mean, if he has multiple farms, that's one thing. Um, you know, I know in Michigan, you know, the deer tend to be pretty pressured, so he definitely doesn't have an easy road to hoe, but I don't think anybody does truthfully early October too much in the mornings, you know, uh, and I don't think you can bait in Michigan, but I can't remember for sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't so remember. if he, if he is hunting bait or something like that, that may be able to change his game. You know, he might have better luck, um, in the mornings like that, but I still think mid morning would be his time, you know, or right after daylight. If he's got, if he was able to get into that stand from a different angle without bumping the deer that are on a major food source out in the open, or if he's hunting all timber, the main food source may be an Oak flat. So he may have to totally avoid that Oak flat and find just where they're bedding you know, like in a swampy bottom or something up there in Michigan or, you know, Alder Flats or something like that. And he may have to kind of get on the edge of that and know where those trails are going in and out of those areas and just set up there and wait on them, you know. Yeah, and for someone, if, if you predominantly hunt the evenings, you are probably more keyed into what thermals do in the evening and they act 
typically in, in the opposite fashion in the morning. They're, they're, they're yeah, rising. they're rising. Yeah, it's uh, helpful. In the morning, it's helpful. In the evening, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that so that may be a different component that you have to consider when you're when you're considering hunting in the morning. If if you're someone that primarily hunts in the evening. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Joe, we we just nailed that for you, man. We. Completely <laughs> Joe, that Joe's mind back. is blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. We, we we will fully take half of your deer because you're gonna kill. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I unless Ben's got anything else, I think we kind of covered it pretty well here, and and uh, it's it's pertinent and it's timely. So hopefully, it does help Joe in some small way. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. If folks want to uh, follow you and and learn more about what you're doing, how is the best way to do that? Uh, we have a Facebook page, you know, Whitetail Edge. Again, www.whitetailedge.com is a good way to see content, and it can take you to other places there. Carbon TV, Hunt Channel, you name it, we're out there. Just Google Ben Rising and you'll find it. Awesome, man. Great. Well, if folks want to subscribe to the Drew Outdoors 100% Wild podcast, you can do that via Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Anywhere probably. podcasts are found. Pretty much. Yeah, that's Pretty good. Much. It's exclusive content. We've made it as easy as we could. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and the great thing is about subscribing is that it just automatically pops into your mobile device sure. whenever a new show launches. And they typically launch on Wednesdays. And if you would like to be like Joe and leave us a question that we might answer on air, go to drayoutdoors.com slash podcast, and you can click on the little speak pipe, ta- speak pipe tab on the lower right-hand side of the screen and record us a message, and we may play it on air. It's pretty easy, and frankly, it, it you know we're doing one of these a week from trying to do one of these a week from here on to the rest of the season. So this is the time of year where we'll be pretty timely and and getting back to you. So if you have a, a hard question or whatever, uh, you know that that's pertinent to your mm-hmm. hunt coming up. Hopefully, we'll be able to get to it. And then, of course, as always, you could follow us a, a, along at Drury Outdoors on all social channels: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, if you're over on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. We're getting close to that hundred thousand subscriber mark it's a big benchmark that we've been trying to hit all year long when we hit it we're giving away a pse bow so pretty cool all you got to do is hit subscribe and you're automatically entered in and uh, of course the big thing right now for jury outdoors is deer cast man it's 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 like wildfire like more than we ever (laughs) thought we're as of today we're gonna reach uh 80,000 registered accounts and terry uh daddy just killed a a nice deer in missouri one that he's been after for three years killed him yesterday afternoon tuning fork goes down and uh so you'll be able to see that kill right uh right there on deer cast app uh in the deer cast now section so it's it's free for this you know this inaugural season it's worth checking out. Um, we're getting a lot of good feedback. We're we're finding a few little things here and there that we've got to improve upon. And we never in our wildest dreams would have thought that it would have climbed so quickly. But mm-hmm. I guess that's the power of, of, of the 30-year history of the brand and what yeah. Mark and Terry have ultimately uh, kind of established themselves as whitetail guys. So uh, please, by all means, go to the Android or the a- Apple Store mm-hmm. and uh, download DeerCast app. Yeah, and it'll help you kill deer. 
and it, that's the other crazy part. Like it actually is helping people kill deer. We get so many stories because people can upload their their success stories from the field, and we see that people that you know typical users don't get to see that, but on the backside we do, and yeah. so we get to share them as either uh, a, a deer cast bragging board, which yep. is great, or we'll post them up on on social media. So we are we're excited about other people's success, and we like to share that. Yeah, we had to start a whole new uh, segment that bragging board. Like we're doing a whole new, a new video show. segment yeah. every week, a new show there. So pretty cool. And uh, hopefully, as the fall you know continues on, and it's more in the mindset, hunting's more in the mindset of the general public out there. We get closer to the gun seasons. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing how this might hopefully be one more tool that you could put into your arsenal and help you kill a big old big old buck yeah, this year. It keeps getting better and better and better as we refine it absolutely so great well ben thank you so much for joining us we really appreciate it joe thank you for the question matt we probably ought to shut this thing down all right until next time make sure you identify those targets we'll see you on the flip side peace we're adding new videos every week so make sure to click that subscribe button and check out all of our amazing content this episode of dod tv is brought to you by lacrosse footwear